Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. I am still coming to you from my home today. So if it sounds a little bit different, looks a little bit different if you're watching on YouTube, that is why we are having crazy weather down here in the South. We are not used to this kind of cold, this kind of snow. Everyone's worried about their pipes, their electricity. We're having rolling blackouts. It's a crazy apocalyptic time here and we are just not used to it. I'm thankful for the snow. I like the snow. We get it in very small doses. Next week where I am, I think it's supposed to be back up to like 55 or 60 degrees. And let's just hope that it keeps that steady rise. This is about the time of the year where I'm ready for summer, where I start thinking about going to the beach over the summer. I've had my fill of the cold. And I know those of you, I posted about it being in the single digits where I am the other day, which is crazy like that really never happens i i actually looked up like the the weather records for where i live and it is very rare that it ever gets this cold but those of you who are in iowa in north and south dakota you're like oh my gosh stop complaining we've been in the negatives for weeks and so i don't know what it's like i don't know what it's like but please try to have some sympathy for me i'm used to like desert weather or um hot and humid even around this time of year, it's usually, you know, kind of like tepid. It's like maybe 40s, sometimes 30s, but it being in the teens and the single digits, we're just not okay down here. We're not dealing with it well. So I am still, though, recording this podcast for you in the middle of the snowpocalypse. That's how much I care about you guys. And today we're going to talk about some very important stuff. We're going to talk about some drama. We're going to talk about The Bachelor and this contestant on The Bachelor who is, um, she's being targeted uh, by people for a picture that was taken of her back in 2018 when she was in college. And then Chris Harrison, who has been a host of The Bachelor since 2002, is also under fire for an interview that he did. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Gina Carano's firing from uh, Disney's The Mandalorian. And then we're also going to talk about Another cancellation in the baby world, um, in the baby product world. Some of you guys might be familiar if you are moms or you are soon to be moms. You might already know what I'm talking about. Uh, first, before we get into all of those different stories, I do want to just give you a brief update and maybe we'll get more into this later this week, but about the impeachment. So Donald Trump has been impeached twice. He's also been acquitted twice. So this is from Reuters, uh, quote, the Senate trial concluded on Saturday with this 5743 vote in favor of convicting Trump. The vote was bipartisan with seven Republicans joining Democrats and independents, but the tally fell short of the two thirds needed to secure conviction. And so he was not actually uh, convicted of the charge of inciting violence with his speech. Now, it's just so interesting to go on Twitter and see the different reactions to this, I mean, this is typical pretty much on on anything. If you especially if you were watching like a State of the Union address by President Trump or a speech he gave or anything like that, you would see everyone on the left pretty much saying, oh, my gosh, this is just this is terrible to, for Trump. This is wow. This is just I can't believe anyone would not vote to convict him. They're all traitors, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got. People on the right say, oh, wow, this is just such a joke. Ha, ha, ha. I can't believe that people are actually taking this seriously. And for me, it was a little bit difficult because I'm going to be perfectly honest, guys. Like, I did not follow impeachment, like, at all. 
I just did not want to. And I just have a feeling that a lot of you guys have felt the same way because I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what you guys are thinking about and caring about by the Instagram messages that you send me or the things that you ask me to talk about. And I really haven't gotten any messages from you guys. Of the hundreds that I get every week, if not every day, um, from you guys, I... I don't think I've gotten one message from someone asking me about what this impeachment trial is about or what the conviction or possible conviction uh, would mean in the beginning when they were talking about impeachment after the terrible events of January 6th. We did talk about that. We've done an episode on the impeachment and what it meant. So you can go back and listen to that. I'll put the link in the description. But that was from, I think, like mid-January or something like that. But we really haven't talked about it since then. And it seems like you guys don't care. And I care. I do care. But I just didn't have it in me to follow it. So I did not watch really a single second of it. I tried to turn it on the other day after he was acquitted to listen to Mitch McConnell speak. And I just couldn't do it. You know how you know how I told you guys after the Super Bowl that like there are just some things that that my brain just like won't take in. One of them is how football works. The second is math any more complicated than algebra two. And this was also the impeachment trial this time was, was one of those things that my brain was like, I just cannot tolerate this. So all I can give you today as it is, is this very short update on what happened that president Trump has been impeached twice. He's also now been acquitted twice. And I think the general consensus was like, yeah, Trump said some bad things that shouldn't have happened. And definitely the general consensus was what happened on January 6th was terrible and awful. And everyone who was a part of it, who was a part of actually destroying property and breaking into the Capitol and causing chaos, beating a police officer with an American flag, every single one who participated in something like that should be charged and convicted to the fullest extent of the law. I think everyone agrees on that. The question was whether or not what President Trump said actually led to that. And so, of course, uh, the the side of the, the prosecution said, yes, of course, like, listen to all these tapes, like, look at what Donald Trump said, encourage people to fight. But then Trump's defense team, they also played tapes of Democrats over the past few years saying the same things and also showed where the tapes of President Trump and where the clips of Trump that were played by the media for the past few years, trying to show some of the things that he said, had been decontextualized and had been selectively edited to make Trump's words look worse than they were. And they showed how often uh, the Democrats had said similar, if not worse, and more violence inciting things than Donald Trump had. Um, and they also, you know, brought up that Kamala Harris, she helped raise money for the rioters in Minneapolis after the George Floyd incident happened. And one of those rioters uh, ended up going back into the streets and bashing someone's head in. And so all I've been saying is that we need to have a fair standard all the way across. And if you are going to say, like Murkowski did, Lisa Murkowski, that President Trump's speech wasn't protected speech, then that's the standard that you're going to have to apply across the board. I just think that we need to have very narrow and very specific standards of what speech actually explicitly incites a violence and a so-called insurrection and what doesn't. So that's been my stance on all of that, is that we have to, we have to look at the precedents that things like this set. So 
interesting. The left thinks, oh my gosh, this is just so terrible. This is just another instance of justice not triumphing. And then the right says, oh my gosh, that was just a sham. That was just a joke. And so that's basically where we are. President Trump is acquitted. People are talking about him running in 2024. I am not for that. I'm sorry. I'm going to upset some of you on YouTube who think that I'm just like this anti-Trump shill. Um, but I just don't think it would be good for the country. I, I, I don't think that we want uh, however old he'll be. How old will he be? 78 at that point, 80 years old. Um, I don't think we need 80 year old Trump. I think he served the purpose that he was supposed to serve. And I don't think that we need Donald Trump again. I also don't think that the country and Republicans are going to go for like this more like center right ticket. Oh, some people are saying Nikki Haley. And hey, I like so much of what Nikki Haley says and does. I've met her before. She was a very sweet and very kind person to me. Um, but people are saying that Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are going to be the next ticket. I think that people who say that don't really understand where the right is. I think that's a that's a dream for some people. I don't think that that's going to. I don't think that that's going to happen. If that happens, that means that the people who are in charge are detached from where a lot of conservatives are. I'm not saying it needs to be another Donald Trump. I personally don't want it to be, but I also don't think that it's going to be another product of the establishment. I just don't think that's where conservatives are right now. All right, let's get into uh, some of this cancellation madness. I know we've been talking a lot um, about cancel culture lately, and trust me, I wish that we didn't have to talk about it. I do. I I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, this just keeps on coming up week after week. The people who thought that, oh, once we elect Joe Biden, things will kind of calm down, we'll be able to unify, we'll be able to reconcile, we'll uh, you know, be able to come together, peace and understanding and all of that. Um, and so even the people who were not necessarily liberal, the so-called evangelical pro-lifers for Biden, um, and some of the people who were center-right and moderate who thought that Joe Biden would bring in moderation and that the temperature would kind of go down a notch and that everything would go back to normal. I mean, I always knew that they were deluding themselves. They had bought into the propaganda that uh, the left was just incensed by Trump, that they had become extreme because of Donald Trump. That's not true. They were extreme before Donald Trump, and Donald Trump just kind of picked the scab and made them very angry. And so they lashed out even more. But where the left is, as far as extremism, as far as um, wanting to conduct these Maoist revolution like struggle sessions where people are publicly shamed for holding certain views, those existed. That existed before Donald Trump. And it might have ramped up Donald, under Donald Trump, but it's not going away because now the, the shift has already taken place. The Overton window is not going to be pulled back over, at least not by then. Um, so what happened to Gina Carano? I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I didn't talk about this last week when everyone else was talking about it because you guys asked for a non-political, non-news episode on Thursday. So that's what I did. If you want to know a biblical take on love, friendship, love, family, love romantic love, and then agape, unconditional love. Go back and listen to Thursday's episode. Got a lot of good feedback from you guys. But I didn't talk about this then when everyone was talking about it for that reason. So we'll talk about it today. Gina Carano, she played Cara Dune on Disney's Mandalor The Mandalorian. Now, guys, I'm sorry to disappoint some of you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not 
criticizing. I'm not judging people who disagree with me because there are apparently a lot of people who disagree with me. I've also, I've never understood the Star Wars thing. Okay. I don't like Star Wars. I have, don't know what the Mandalorian is. Also, I don't like like superhero movies. Whenever people talk about the Avengers or like Iron Man, I don't know if those two things are different. Like, I have no idea. I feel like a lot of conservatives talk about this on Twitter. And I just totally missed that conversation. Same thing when people talk about The Mandalorian. Had no idea what it is, but apparently it's something to do with Star Wars. And it's on Disney. She was uh, a secondary character, Gina Carano, and her character, Cara Dune. But apparently she was a fan favorite. I had never heard of this person, but people really liked her and really liked her character. Um, But apparently there has been kind of this campaign going on for several months from some fans of the show um, to get her fired because of various views and various things that she has posted. This is from the New York Post. Uh, Carano's most controversial message and the one that appears to have been the final straw came when she shared an image from Nazi Germany and compared it to today's overheated political climate. Her post said Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi uh, soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Uh, Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, this is what Gina Carano's post said, the government made their, uh, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. So I think what she's trying to say is that uh, today we are hating each other. We're shaming each other. We are canceling each other. So the people in charge, the elites, the the government doesn't have to do it for us. And she's saying those were the circumstances that led up to, um, you know, uh, the Nazis rounding up the Jewish people in Germany. Now, I don't really know if that's historically accurate. And typically, I think it's best to stay away from those kinds of uh, those kinds of direct comparisons. And I think that was people's beef. People are saying this is anti-Semitic. I don't think that she meant it that way. However, I do see how a lot of people would think that that minimizes uh, what actually happened in Nazi Germany to the Jewish people and somehow kind of um, places blame on the Jewish people. I, that's my understanding of the backlash of it. And so I understand this is a very sensitive image. It's a very uh, sensitive topic, understandably. And to just kind of make these kinds of comparisons in a willy-nilly or meme-like way is offensive to a lot of people. And so I understand that. At the same time, people have been comparing Trump supporters to Nazis and Trump to Hitler for the past five years. And there there are no actual similarities between the two. You can say all you want to that all Trump supporters are Nazis or all Trump supporters are fascists or anyone who is a conservative is a fascist. The fact of the matter is there are no similarities. There's no correlation. And it's the same thing. You're minimizing what actually happened in Nazi Germany, what happened to the Jews and what happened to other ethnic and religious minorities there by comparing everyone you disagree with with Nazis. Gina Carano, in this case, didn't do that. Like, she didn't say the left were Nazis or that Joe Biden was Hitler in the same way that people have been saying that about Trump and Trump supporters for the past few years. I still don't think that her comparison was a great comparison, but uh, it's it's not any worse than what other people have been saying about Trump and Trump supporters for the past few years. But her co-star, Pedro Pascal, he has also tweeted very controversial things. He's made 
uh, comparisons to uh, to Nazi Germany. He tweeted, let's see, June 20th, 2018. I'll put this up if you're watching on YouTube. You guys have probably seen it by at this point. But uh, the caption says, hashtag, this is America. The top image says Germany, 1944. It looks like Jewish people in a concentration camp. The bottom image, they look like, I guess, Im- immigrant children in this like large holding sale, cell. It says America, 2018. So making this kind of comparison, which isn't a good comparison because the people who are at the border are there voluntarily and they are being held there until um, there is some kind of plan to, to know what to do with those families. Now I've talked about family separation before, how I've always been against that no tolerance policy of true parents and true and their actual children being separated at the border. And so don't come at me about that. The fact of the matter is, is that a lot of times Kids are being brought over by traffickers and coyotes, but uh, we won't get into that right now. But it's it's not the same thing. I mean, these families and this picture depicting parts of these families in these holding cells, they came there voluntarily and they can leave. That's not the same of the Jewish people who were rounded up by the Nazis and put in these concentration camps, obviously not uh, voluntarily. And they couldn't they couldn't leave whenever they wanted to. It's not the same thing at all. At all. And so, again, making these kinds of comparisons, I think, is wrong unless you've got a very direct comparison and a very direct reason. But of course, it's okay. It's okay when Pedro Pascal does it. And I think conservatives get so tired of constantly saying this look at the hypocrisy, look at the hypocrisy. This person's held to this standard, this person's held to the other standard. I still think it's important to point that out. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that these kinds of companies and left wing activists are they're operating under their first principles. And so uh, they don't really see it as a double standard. They truly do believe that it's okay to use certain metaphors for their cause, or it's okay to use certain violence for their cause, or it's okay to use certain kinds of violence inciting rhetoric for their cause, but it's not okay for the other cause because they see themselves as storming the beaches of Normandy and they see everyone else as Nazis. And so they don't see it as hypocrisy. They see it as, yeah, we're allowed to use these tactics because we're on the right side of the history and you're not. Um, and so we just have to, we have to understand that. I still think it's okay to point out the hypocrisy and the double standards because a lot of people don't even realize the double standards that exist. Uh, but we also have to realize that they don't care. That's not going to stop because it is, I talked about this with James Lindsay, that this kind of goes back to uh, the roots of their philosophy, Marcusa, who was a guy in the 1960s who wrote about the justification of leftist violence, but the evils of any other kind of violence that is not in favor of their cause. It's the same kind of mentality, even when it comes to social media posts. Um, uh, Pascal also posted losers in 1865 with the Confederate flag, losers in 1945 with the Nazi flag, losers in 2020 with a MAGA hat. So comparing Trump supporters to Nazis and Trump supporters to people who defended slavery, I guess. Um, and so that's fine. That's fine. That's not minimizing, apparently, what the Jewish people went through in Nazi Germany, saying that 75 million people who voted for Donald Trump because they don't believe in the far left wing policies, the abortion policies, the gender radicalism policies the foreign policy, the softness on China policies that Joe Biden has now put forth in the past few weeks, 
Uh, they're all apparently like Nazis, and that's fine. But saying that we are in a state of people hating each other and wanting to hurt each other uh, in order to make us right for totalitarianism, which is basically what Gina was arguing, that is not okay, apparently. Um, she was also apparently fired for some other things, too. She tweeted on November 5th, 2020, we need to clean up the election process so we are not left feeling the way we do today. Put laws in place that protect us against voter fraud. Investigate every state. Film the county. Flush out the fake votes. Require ID. Make voter fraud end in 2020. Fix the system. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, she didn't say, she didn't say anything crazy that, hey, there was so much widespread fraud and Donald Trump really, you know, won in a landslide. She didn't say that. She just said, hey, I, you know, we don't want voter fraud. We don't want to wonder if these voting irregularities point to uh, point to some kind of corruption. We want to know that our voting system and our voting process has integrity. Duh. There's nothing controversial about her saying that. Remember that the Democrats still haven't accepted the results of the 2016 election and called Donald Trump an illegitimate president the whole time that he was in office and conducted a sham investigation into Russian collusion, which ended up being a conspiracy theory and spent millions of taxpayer dollars on an investigation that ended up showing what we already knew, that no, he did not collude with Russia to win the election. Um, she also posted, let's see, she posted some joke I saw about, um, about like wearing masks or something like that, because now we're hearing this ridiculous line that we have to wear two masks. Uh, she, let's see, she tweeted, Democratic government leaders now recommends we all wear blindfolds along with masks so we see so we can't see what's really going on. She said that on November 14th, 2020. Who cares? I mean, how many celebrities have said way worse things about Republicans? She was also apparently dropped by her talent agency, according to CBS News. Um, and so she has been thoroughly canceled by Hollywood. I'm surprised that she was, you know, that she was public about these views and that she was willing to tweet these memes. I highly doubt that she is like some diehard conservative, like some diehard social conservative. It sounds like she voted for Donald Trump. It sounds like she definitely has some anti-left views. Uh, people were very angry with her because she also uh, changed the pronouns <laughs> in her bio people i guess were harassing her to put her pronouns in her in her twitter bio which is the most ridiculous requirement of of wokeness that i've ever heard and uh so she put in her little twitter name boop slash bop slash beep and so she's obviously making fun of this ridiculous trend of having to put your pronouns in your bio which for the vast majority of people everyone knows your pronouns um she tweeted Beep, bop, boop had zero to do with mocking trans people and 100% to do with exposing the bullying mentality of the mom that caught that has taken over the voices of many genuine causes. I want people to know you can take hate with a smile. So boop you for misunderstanding. And so, I mean, she didn't apologize. And I think that's what makes people mad is that she didn't apologize. Like she didn't bow down and she didn't say, okay, I'm going to put my pronouns in my bio, even though everyone that looks at her for one second can tell that she is a woman. She was born a woman. She identifies as a woman and she goes by she, her. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I think it was Matt Walsh who said that um, 
put your pronouns in your bio so the angel of cancellation will pass over you. It is exactly what it is. Wokeness is a religion. It is 100% a religion, which is why I say nothing is neutral. Secularism is not neutral. Just because someone isn't appealing to God or the Bible for their authority doesn't mean they don't have some kind of religion, doesn't mean they don't follow some kind of dogmas. I mean, as we've seen from the religion of progressivism, from the religion of wokeness, it absolutely comes with certain rules, certain tenets, certain boundaries. And if you break it, it is much more merciless than most religions I know, certainly uh, more merciless than Christianity. Um, and so people don't like her because, or the left doesn't like her, Hollywood doesn't like her because she just doesn't care. I think that's her biggest thing. Like she's not going to issue a million apologies. Um, the Daily Wire decided to pick her up. So apparently the Daily Wire and uh, Gina Carano are going to work together. Um, this is by Deadline.com, uh, quote, less than 24 hours after her explosive ouster from Star Wars series The Mandalorian for incendiary social media posts, Gina Carano has hit back at her detractors and revealed a new movie project she is making with conservative website The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is helping make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and my prayer was answered. I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I've only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. They won't cancel us if we don't let them. That is wonderful. That is what I talk about when I say sharing the arrows with people who get canceled unjustly. Um, we've also talked about the difference between like a just cancellation so someone like Harvey Weinstein getting canceled and people getting unjustly canceled based on double standards or just based on benign political views and political memes. Those things are not the same thing. One is uh, looking at objective right and wrong and saying, OK, this person doesn't need to have power and prominence and prestige anymore. And the other one is saying, I'm just uncomfortable with your view, so I'm going to try to ruin uh, I'm going to try to ruin your life. Um, and so that's what happened with Gina Carano. I think Daily Wire set a really good example of what to do uh, in this kind of situation. Also, I think it's important to point out the amazing, amazing hypocrisy of Disney. We've talked about this with Disney. We've talked about this with Amazon. We've talked about this with Apple. We've talked about this with the NBA, with all these major corporations that take a knee for the woke mob because they know the leftists here are rabid. And so they kowtow to all the left-wing activist groups. Meanwhile. And they also um, are completely fine doing business with China. Uh, so uh, Disney had no problem filming Mulan in the same region as China's Uyghur uh, Muslim, in the same region where China has Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps, at least a million. And we've talked about this before, the atrocity that's happening there. These are Uyghur Muslims who are being rounded up. They're putting in these concentration re-education camps. The women are being forcibly sterilized. They're having forced abortions sometimes as late as uh, eight, nine months into their pregnancy. Uh, they're being tortured. Their organs are being harvested while they're still alive. They're being surveilled. Um, this surveillance technology that China is constantly developing is being tested on the Uyghur people. And that's just one religious minority. China, uh, China has uh, greatly and ferociously persecuted the Christian church. Um, in China as well. No one is free. You don't have freedom of thought. You don't have freedom of speech. You don't have any kind of freedom whatsoever in China. I mean, talk about oppression. They're colonizing Africa and South America. Talk about 
colonization, imperialism, racism, when they kicked out Africans, according to the New York Times, right after the start of the coronavirus, kicking them out of their apartments, kicking them out of restaurants, blaming them for the spread of the virus, when of course that wasn't true. They take over these oil fields in places like Zimbabwe, where uh, the the people of Zimbabwe could greatly benefit and make money for themselves. Well, the corrupt governments in Africa and places like Zimbabwe reserve those oil fields uh, for uh, for the Chinese government to be able to use and enrich themselves. And so you want to talk about all of the evils that Black Lives Matter activists, that left wing activists point out here and they're constantly looking for here, constantly saying are still around here, that the injustices that were perpetuated 200 years ago are still just as prevalent here. They have no problem with what's going on in China. They have no problem doing business with China. They have no problem making money uh, from China. And that is certainly true uh, of Disney, who actually filmed Mulan in the same location where Uyghur Muslims are enslaved. And they want to pretend like they are um, they're virtuous for firing Gina Carano because of a few memes that they thought were distasteful. At the end of the Mulan uh, movie, in the credits, Disney actually specifically thanked the security force that is in charge of uh, in charge of these concentration camps, this area. They specifically thanked the publicity part department of the Chinese Communist Party Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region Committee. Uh, in the credits, I mean that's literally where genocide is happening. I mean, there's no reason for us to support Disney. There's really not. And no, that's not cancel culture for us to say, you know what, this major corporation that's taking in millions and millions of dollars every year, I, I don't want to give them my money because they're donating to causes uh, that I don't agree with that actually perpetuate genocide by uh, doing the propaganda, uh, doing propaganda favors for the most racist and colonizing and imperialist and brutal regime on the planet and they obviously hate me and everything that i stand for and so uh, i'm not going to support disney that is not the same thing as saying i'm going to go after an individual or a small business owner and try to ruin their life and take away their business and take away their livelihood because they said something that i don't like or they made a mistake 10 years ago that is not the same thing boycotting a millions dollar company because they hate you and everything that you believe in and they're opposed to your values is not the same thing as sicking a mob on an individual who said or did something that you don't like. So one is cancel culture. The other is not. Yes, vote with your dollar. Uh, decide to unsubscribe from some from something or someone. Decide not to follow someone. That's fine. That's not the same thing as trying to ruin someone's life or fire someone just because they said a couple things that you don't like, especially when you are not going to apply that standard to other people. And we talked about last week, we talked about kind of like the theology of cancel culture, that yes, these are going to be arbitrary standards because when you are, uh, when you are led by the God of self rather than the God of scripture, then there is no place from which to derive absolute truth. There's no objective standard. When you don't believe in the supreme moral lawgiver and everything is subjective, everything is relative, everything is determined by whoever has the most cultural power at the moment, which right now is, is the, uh, the woke left wing, then the standards are going to change constantly. And remember that New York Times reporter that was fired for repeating 
racial slur to try to understand the context of what the people he was talking to were saying. He was fired and the editor said that he said something that was, you know, condemnable and fireable, no matter the intent. So intentions don't matter. Their standards don't matter. People's lives don't matter. These are all sloppy, arbitrary, hypocritical standards that are placed by godless people and godless organizations who don't have an objective right and wrong, who don't have any kind of consistent moral standard, who just use the mallet of social justice and political correctness to bludgeon the people that they don't like. It's just a new form of fascism, and we don't even need the government to do it. This is what Roger argues in Live Not By Lies, is that you don't really live in a free country if individuals and corporations and the so-called private sphere is teaming up against the dissent. Um, And that's certainly, I think, what happened with Gina Carano. Let's talk about another example of that in The Bachelor. Now, before I get into that, I do have to tell you guys about Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is an awesome protein bar. It tastes really good. It comes in 18 different chocolate flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, coconut almond, raspberry, peanut butter, mint brownie. They're all really good. They're really chewy. If you like that kind of texture, I do. Like some protein bars, they're just like chalk. Like they're so hard to get through. You will not have that problem with Built Bar. And the greatest part is, is that they're only 110 to 160 calories. You've got 60 to 20 grams of protein, three to five net carbs. And so it's just a really great way to tide you over in between meals. And you don't have to worry about, okay, is this, uh, you know, is this adding too many calories or too much, uh, too much, uh, whatever unhealthy metric you are going by, is it adding too much to my diet today or too much to my calorie count or whatever it is. You don't have to worry about that with Built Bar. It will help you stay on track. It's a really healthy snack and it is a good tasting snack as well. Like I said, they're all covered in hundred percent chocolate. And right now you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code relatable to get 20% off your next order. That is builtbar.com, promo code relatable to get 20% off your next order. That's builtbar.com, promo code relatable for 20% off. All right. The moment that you guys have all been waiting for, I'm going to talk to you about this bachelor contestant. Rachel Kirkconnell, she is like the rumored winner of uh, this season of The Bachelor. I don't watch The Bachelor. I haven't watched it in a long time, maybe since like Juan Pablo's season, which I think, I don't know, what was that, like 2011, 2012 or something like that. I just don't watch The Bachelor. And so if I watch some of this, it's because I don't have, I, I wasn't watching this in real time. I've tried to kind of go back and understand what's going on. And I think I understand that you guys who are Bachelor stands can correct me if I'm wrong. So she is the rumored uh, winner of this season. And uh, she now has been accused of racism because there's been a few things on social media that have made people think that she's racist. Apparently, she's liked some pictures where people are wearing like Confederate flag T-shirts or people are wearing or like buy a Confederate flag or something. Apparently, people have said that she shared QAnon stuff. And the really big one is that she went to this Old South Kappa Alpha party in 2018, where she was wearing um, this antebellum dress and everyone else there was wearing this antebellum dress. And so people are saying that this glorifies slavery. This is what uh, Yahoo News reports. 
quote, in early January, a woman alleged she was bullied by the 24-year-old graphic designer, and that's Rachel Kirkconnell, for dating black men. A few weeks later, someone accused Kirkconnell of liking Confederate flag-related social media posts on January 26th. TikTok about the Georgia native went viral, recapping her allegedly problematic behavior, including photos of her appearing to attend a plantation-themed fraternity formal in 2008, uh, or sorry, 2018. Um, And so let me tell you, so she went to college in Georgia and Greek life is big in the South. I went to school in South Carolina. I didn't go to a state school or I didn't go to a public school. And so it was a little bit different. It was a little bit smaller, but I remember being surprised as well as someone who is from Texas going to South Carolina and seeing how big Southern pride still is there. Or at least it was. I graduated in 2014. It was then. I remember being surprised at the backlash when Nikki Haley decided they were going to take down the Confederate flag from the uh, from the Capitol. That just wasn't. So I always knew growing up that the Confederate flag was not a symbol that you're supposed to glorify. It represents more than just pride in the South. And so I remember being surprised when I went to South Carolina and seeing how many people really regarded the Confederate flag and the Confederacy as something different uh, than slavery, but they did. And people also regarded the South and Southern pride as something totally different than the Confederacy. Um, And so this was not just true in South Carolina, but it was also true in Georgia. After I went to school in South Carolina, I moved to Athens, Georgia. That's where the University of Georgia is. This whole idea of the old South is very prominent. Like, I don't know if you guys were surprised by that, but when I saw that she was being jacked through the mud for going to an Old South party a few years ago and wearing like the antebellum dress, I was like, oh, people don't realize that this happens all the time. Like this is a very, uh, this is a, a very normal thing that a lot of people in the South wouldn't have even batted an eye over. And that's basically what the host of The Bachelor, uh, Chris Harrison, said that, look, millions of people have done this. And, and that's true. Like, I'm not even saying one way or another about it. I'm just surprised at how many people were surprised. This whole old South culture, this whole idea of like nostalgia over the antebellum, this kind of gone with the wind world is very prominent in Southern Greek life. Not in every single sorority and conservative, every single sorority and fraternity, but in a lot of them, yes, this kind of stuff absolutely happened all the time. It didn't happen at the school that I went to people like dressing up in these antebellum dresses, but I know they happened at, you know, UGA and probably university of South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, that Mississippi, Kentucky, you're just going to find this kind of stuff there. And so this happened while she was in college. I'm guessing while she was like a junior or a senior in college. And Chris Harrison is correct that millions of other people did this as well. And he is under fire for saying that he did an interview with Rachel Lindsay um, on extra and Rachel Lindsay was a contestant um, on the bachelor, I believe, but I think that she has also become kind of like a separate celebrity in her own right, that she talks about these issues a lot. And she kind of calls out people a lot for what she views as problematic behavior. Chris Harrison did an interview with her. He said, uh, he advocated for a little grace, a little understanding, a little compassion for Kurt Connell also noting that he hadn't spoken to her about the situation. And so after this TikTok video of her went viral, she was getting a ton of harassment, a ton of comments, people saying she should be canceled and all of that. 
Chris Harrison goes on to say in this interview, people are tearing this girl's life apart and diving into her parents' voting record. It's unbelievably alarming to watch this. I saw a picture of her at a sorority party five years ago, and that's it. Like, boom. Like, okay. Uh, well, this girl is in the book now, and she's now in this group. And I'm like, really? Um, and then Rachel Lindsay, the host, responded, well, the picture was from 2018 at an Old South antebellum party. That's not a good look. Chris Harrison responded saying, well, Rachel, it is a good is it a good look in 2018 or is it a good look in 2021? Because there's a big difference. And she said, you know, it's not a good looking either. And he goes on to say, and again, I'm not defending Rachel. I just know that. I don't know. 50 million people did that in 2018. That was a type of party that a lot of people went to. And again, I'm not defending it. I didn't go to it. He talks about the, the woke police and how cancel culture is just so rabid. And I mean, he's, he's correct in that. He's correct that we should give people the benefit of the doubt. We should give people a little bit of grace. We should give people a little bit of understanding. We can express our disagreement. We can say, hey, that's not a good look. But sticking a mob on people, diving into her parents' voting records to try to, I don't know, like what's the goal? To inflict violence on her, to make sure she can never get a job again because of something that she did in college. I mean, it's really amazing reading these kinds of comments from people. I mean, you would think that they have never done anything wrong in their entire lives. There was nothing in college that they did that they regret. But that's obviously not the case. They've done plenty of things that they regret, but they think that they have enough intersectionality points to insulate them from cancellation, or they think they've done enough liberal activism to insulate themselves from cancel, uh, cancellation. Uh, they believe that right side of history now, and so it doesn't matter what they've done, or they just know that the bad mistakes that they have made haven't been chronicled or they haven't been put on social media. So they're able to fly under the radar and gain this kind of false sense of self-righteousness by pointing fingers at other people. I mean, these people are worse than the Puritans in the Scarlet Letter. Some of these commenters and mobbers who actually take the time to dig up old photos and then go into her parents' voting records. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm not saying this lady, Rachel Lindsay, is doing that. Um, but people who are uh, who are incensed by what they've heard and what they have seen in these photographs and are absolutely trying to ruin this girl's life. Chris Harrison is just saying, let's take a step. Let's take a step back for a second and try to, you know, give a little grace. And now he has been dragged through the mud. He has now apologized twice. The first time he said, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that what I said perpetuates racism. That was a mistake. And people called for him to be uh, to be removed as a host. Remember, this has almost been 20 years that he's had this job. All, pretty much scandal-free as far as I know. And now people are calling for his cancellation because I guess he didn't call for the cancellation of Rachel Kirkconnell because of the pictures that she had up. Because he called for a little grace and understanding. And he, of course, kowtowed and he said, yeah, I perpetuated racism um, by saying that. And now he has issued another apology filled with every kind of social justice buzzword that you could possibly think of. And he has said that he is stepping aside. Um, he is stepping aside from The Bachelor and that he is going to uh, he is going to commit to the work of anti-racism and that he is going on a journey to try to work on himself and to see his prejudice and all this stuff. Rachel Kirkconnell also apologized um, for, you know, she says her lack of education. She says, I don't think one apology means that I deserve your forgiveness, but rather I hope I can earn your forgiveness through my future 
actions. And so everyone has apologized, but of course it's not enough. People are still attacking them. People are still harassing them because an apology is never enough. Chris Harrison, I'm sure, talked to the PR people at ABC, at The Bachelor, whatever, and he decided, okay, I'm sure someone else wrote this for him and said, here are all the buzzwords that you have to include, and then you have to take a step aside, but if you do this, we won't fire you. I highly doubt he no longer believes what he originally said, that we need to give people a little bit of grace and compassion and understanding before we dig into her parents' voting records and make sure she can never get a job again at 24 years old because of something that she did in college. I think he probably still believes all of those things, but he doesn't. He also doesn't want to get canceled. He's thinking about himself. He's thinking about his brand. He's thinking about his money. And so um, I think that he avoided, you know, like purposely retroactively condemning Rachel Kirkconnell, but at the same time, at the same time, trying to cover himself and trying to make sure that he said all the right things so the cancel mob doesn't come for him. The fact of the matter is, is that this is not going to be enough. It's never enough. They're, they're, they're rabid. They're out for blood. They want to make sure that Chris Harrison is no longer the host of The Bachelor because he didn't come down hard enough on a 24-year-old girl who was probably 19 or 20 at the time that she posted these pictures from college. Um, and so it, it doesn't matter that they apologize. He can do all the work. He can post a picture with Ibram X. Kendi. He can post a picture of himself on the beach in front of his mansion reading White Fragility. It won't matter. And Rachel Kirkconnell is never going to be able to live this down. She's never going to be able to live it down. And look, I'm not, I'm not defending these antebellum parties. It's weird when you think about it. I can totally understand how, as um, a person who is Black, how it would be really weird to see people glorifying a time when you know the people who look like you would not be accepted by society. I don't think that's purposely what these fraternities and sororities are doing by any means. Um, I think that they just don't think about it. I think that they are, you know, people like Gone with the Wind, not because they like slavery, but because it's a good story. And there are other reasons why they like that period and in history. Um, I remember there was a girl that I went to school with. She was a couple of years younger than me saying that she didn't want to go to a fraternity party because she had seen a Confederate flag there and it made her uncomfortable. And that was when I was like probably 19 years old. That was a wake up call for me to realize, okay, yeah, I've always I've always understood. I've always known that the Confederate flag is not a flag that you wave or something that you are proud of. But I didn't think about how uncomfortable it would make this freshman in college feel to go to a party where she had seen this kind of symbol before. And so uh, the fact of the matter is, is that most people just haven't thought about it. And I think it's fine to say for people to say, hey, you know, this is kind of insensitive for this picture to be out there. It was insensitive to glorify this kind of thing. And here's why. That's okay with me. If you disagree with what someone did or you disagree with what someone said or you're offended by what someone said or did, I think it's fine to say, look, I'm offended by this or I disagree with this and here's why. But encouraging people to sick people and to cancel people and to make sure that their life is ruined and to continue to harass them, to refuse to accept their apology, to refuse to give any kind of grace, and then try to go after all of the peripheral people, all of the people that are associated uh, associated with them in their lives, then going after the people who don't condemn them hard enough, going after the people who defend them and stick up for them. That's insane. That's crazy. That, that's not like what normal people do. That is your insecurity, your mean girlness coming out, your false sense of self-righteousness manifesting itself in bullying. 
So stop it. Stop it. That makes you much worse than the people you are trying to cancel. By the way, that's a fascist totalitarian tactic, as we've talked about many times. She gave her explanation. She gave her apology. Chris Harrison says that he was insensitive. I don't think that he was insensitive at all. But uh, accept their apology and then move on. But people are incapable of doing this because they get a high out of canceling other people and joining the woke mob. It makes them feel good about themselves and they can't let that fake sense of virtue go. And so that's why they join the mob. Um, so it's just, it's another example of all of this craziness and the and people getting their, getting their sense of purpose and getting their sense of belonging from a woke mob that will eventually turn on them. Like the pitchforks will eventually turn to you and you won't have anyone to stick up for you anymore. And we'll talk about in the end, again, how I think we kind of combat and stand up to this stuff. I got one more story about all of this. So this is, again, a sphere I occupy. We talked about taking care of babies, the infant sleep trainer, and how she was canceled because it was found out that she and her family had uh, donated to Donald Trump a couple times. I think it amounted to like over $1,000. And these accounts went after her and uh, posted all of her content. That is how she makes money. Like people have to buy to get her content. They posted it for free on Reddit um, to, of course, trying to sabotage her business and sabotage her life and livelihood. And so they targeted her for that. She handled it very well. Um, she just said, you know, yeah, this is what I did, but I'm, I love everyone. I'm here to serve everyone. She didn't apologize, which I thought was wonderful. I thought she handled it very graciously and very well. But like I said, these people are out for blood. And so once they moved on from Kara, they moved uh, to this other company and that is Solly Baby Babywear. So if you're not familiar with what they are, they make baby carriers. They're these cloth baby carriers and they come in different styles and you carry your baby to infant and these things. I've followed them for a long time. I don't think I actually have any of their products, but um, they make really good stuff and people love Solly Baby Baby Wear. It's like, I don't want to say it's elite, but it's a not, it's, it's better. It's more like, uh, I guess it's just more expensive or more sophisticated than, I don't know, getting your, getting your baby wear off um, Amazon or something like that. But this is a business that uh, this woman named Elle has built and has been building for a long time. And she announced a few weeks ago that they were going to patent a new loop carrier. It, it's hard to explain, but the loop carriers have this little like metal loop that helps you tie the wrap together to be able to carry your baby. And she said that they were going to, uh, they were going to patent this loop carrier. And then backlash quickly ensued. People got mad because they said this was cultural appropriation. They said that um, you are taking a design that apparently originated with uh, Black Indigenous people of color, and you are pretending that it's you that it's your own that that you are the person who came up with this, and you're trying to patent it. You're trying to capitalize on the work of people of color. And therefore you need to be harassed and you need to be abused in the comments and you need to be sent all of these kinds of mean messages and accused of racism uh, because of this. Um, and these were the same count, accounts calling for her cancellation, encouraging people to go on her page and say all this stuff. That, uh, these are the same accounts, some of them, that bully taking care of babies. Uh, so one of the accounts is called Call Your Mama. It's call.your.mama. 
And she is constantly posting about companies who get it wrong, that don't do it right, that deserve to be canceled, that deserve to be taken down. And the other one is the Jamie Grayson. He is uh, a self-described very liberal homosexual who apparently works in the baby product world, but he he tried to stick the mob on uh, taking care of taking care of babies, and he did the same thing to Solly Baby. You know, these are people saying that these companies are racist for what they're doing. So Elle, the the woman who owns Solly Baby, she came out and she apologized. She did a video message. It was really sad. She said that she thought about killing herself. She thought about um, uh, not just ending her, not uh, just ending her business, but also ending her life because of the terrible comments that she had gotten. Well, the comments on that video on that apology were so mean, saying that she was centering herself. She was making it about white woman tears, and that it wasn't enough. That it wasn't good enough. And that she needed to do more in order to show that she's truly anti-racist and she needs to make sure that they're not patenting patenting uh, that particular style. She made clear that she wasn't trying to patent something that had been used before. She was patenting a particular design, a particular fabric, and all of the stuff that made her baby carrier unique. They were trying to patent it, but now she's not going to because... She feels like, okay, well, maybe it really is racist or if people are telling me that it's racist. So let me just make clear, baby wearing, all types of baby wearing, okay? All types of baby wearing have been used by cultures around the world of all different kinds for millennia, like probably since the beginning of time, since a woman figured out how to use some kind of fabric or some kind of banana leaf to carry her child uh they have been doing that it is not exclusive to one culture it's not exclusive to one melanin count it's not exclusive to one country there are women all around the world who have done this and i think that if anything it's a sign of appreciation of the unity the ethnic unity the universal unity of motherhood that people can make money from making these these uh, these baby wearing slings. It's insane that uh, this kind of uh, this strange, by the way, description of of just universal BIPOC people. Apparently, they own this kind of baby wearing loop or whatever. It's insane. It's insane. But she apologized that first time, and then it wasn't enough. And so she went back and she apologized a second time. And she did a long apology. And she said, I'm sorry for centering myself in my first uh, apology. Um, I, I uh, bared my own emotional weight rather than the emotional burden placed on Black, Indigenous, people of color I have offended. I was also informed that using the acronym BIPOC, should only be done in writing, not in speaking, which we will be more mindful of in the future. I am sorry for problematic support of white women's comments and not amplifying BIPOC voices. I am sorry for appropriation of a carrier that was not mine to claim. We introduced our carrier as a brand new carrying style rather than our take on a short cross carry with a ring that emerged over a decade ago in many BIPOC communities. This also reveals our lack of acknowledgement of the deep roots and unbroken tradition of baby wearing in communities of black, indigenous, and people of color that have given the baby wearing world so much. We look forward to learning and sharing more of this history as we celebrate the gift of baby wearing in many cultures, blah, blah, blah. People in the comments were still angry at her. It was still not enough. It was still not enough for them. 
if you go to these posts, you can look at the comments and you can see a lot of support. You can also see people who say that it's still not enough, that she needs to do more, that she's going to have to divest more. She's going to have to deconstruct more. She's going to have to reallocate her energy, her funds, whatever, into the causes that they believe in. It's not enough. It's never enough. Stop freaking apologizing to these people. They don't want your apology. Like they don't want your humility. They're not interested in it. They don't even want your repentance. They want your complete and total ruin and submission. Okay. It's not about their cause. It's not about teaching you. It's not about educating you. It's not about educating anyone. It's about making themselves feel better through the destruction of other people. Stop apologizing to them. They just get stronger every time they're apologized to. Look, if you did something wrong, which is what we're about to talk about, if you did something wrong, then you can apologize, but not to the mob, not to the bullies, not to the people who are threatening to dox you or threatening your family, who are threatening your safety. You don't need to apologize to those people. And you don't need to apologize because of those people. If you truly did something wrong, if you truly regret something that you did, then absolutely humble yourself and say that you're sorry, but do that in obedience to God who calls you to humility, not in submission to the mob, okay? They have no control over you. These people who say, that, um, oh, it's just accountability. As I've said a million times, random people, random trolls on the internet have no authority to hold you accountable. Accountable is only enabled through some, accountability is only uh, enabled through some kind of authority that someone has in your life. Random people on the internet, even influencers on the internet do not have any authority over your life. They don't have any authority to hold you accountable, okay? It's just totalitarian madness. They are bullies. Have you ever noticed how the the majority of cancel culture is dominated by women? That it's typically women who are doing the cancellation and women who are being canceled. Like, did you notice after the George Floyd stuff, how many women got dragged through the mud, women entrepreneurs, women influencers for not posting a black square? It didn't really matter as much what men did. It's predominantly women who are both the perpetrators and the victims of this stuff, because it's just mean girls being mean girls. That's what it is. But it's taking on a bigger, more fascist and historically familiar, unfortunately, if you know anything about the 20th century, form. But it's just a bunch of girls affirming the negative stereotypes about mean girls. It's just a bunch of Regina Georges trying to stay significant by canceling other people in a way that they hope insulates them from being canceled. Don't apologize to those people, okay? That's number one. If we want to talk about pushing back against this stuff, do not apologize to them all. If you have something to apologize for, say you're sorry and be humble for the people who you actually um, believe are giving you constructive criticism, people who you believe are giving you gracious pushback, people who you believe have their hearts in the right place? Of course, if you feel that they are correct and that you've done something wrong, apologize to them. And again, do it in obedience to God, not in submission to the mom. They deserve nothing from you. Nothing, nothing. They're little tiny people behind their keyboards in their basements. They deserve nothing from you. Number two, if you disagree with something or uh, someone, if you disagree with something that someone said or did online, then you can tell them. You can disagree publicly. I disagree with people publicly all the time. You can disagree with, with them privately. You can send them a message. But don't call for their business to be destroyed or for their lives to be ruined. Don't look into the voting history of their family. 
don't be a weirdo. Don't do stuff like that. Don't join in the mob madness. Disagree with someone all you want. And you can vote with your dollar. You can remove your support from someone. That's fine. I do that. But don't make a big stink about it. Just do it and say that you disagree with them. But don't call for their lives to be ruined. Number three, call out the cancelers. Call them out. If someone is orchestrating doxing or so-called accountability, aka bullying, and the cancellation of someone because they have an opinion they don't like or they did something that was regrettable from a few years ago, call that canceler out for it. Say what you're doing is not okay. Like I've said before, share the arrows. Number four, if someone is getting canceled for a view that you actually agree with, like if they're just getting canceled for a so-called wrong opinion, be willing to stand up publicly and say, yes, I agree with them. Raise your hand and say, yeah, they're not alone. I actually agree with them in that. If someone is getting dragged through the mud for a genuine mistake, uh, then be willing to stand up and say, yeah, you know, that was wrong, but I've messed up too. And we should probably give a little bit of understanding to people realizing that we have all sinned. And so we don't really have the right to cast the first stone when we're being hypocrites, do we? And then remember this in the midst of all of this, especially when you are a victim of it or you're scared to be a victim of cancel culture. This is number five. Ultimately, you are uncancelable as a Christian. If you are in Christ, ultimately, you are uncancelable. You have been made a new creation. You have been given the righteousness of Christ. We talked about this last week. I think it was on Wednesday, how to become uncancelable. Maybe it was Tuesday. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. But that's number five. Remember that in Christ, you are uncancelable. So let's read some scripture and remind ourselves of that. This is from Romans 8, the beginning and the end of the chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life is that you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, including cancelers, by the way, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That doesn't mean that we don't get pushback when we do something wrong. That doesn't mean that we aren't actually held accountable in the real sense of the word by our brothers and sisters in Christ when we have sinned. But it does mean that we do not stand in a place of condemnation ultimately and eternally, especially not by worldly people who don't know God. I mean, they have no right. Who is to bring any charge against God's elect? Romans 8 asks. The implicit answer is no one. Uh, I'm going to read a couple other verses for you. Ephesians 4.32, which we say so often, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ gave, forgave you. Uh, we don't have the right to cancel someone because God in Christ chose not to cancel us. And he is the only right. He is the only one who has any right to ultimately and eternally cancel us and through Christ, by grace, through faith, he chose not to. And so we have no right. We have no right. Romans 2, 1 through 5. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself? that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hardened and penitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be 
revealed. And so that is speaking against hypocrisy, just as Matthew 7, 1 is. That doesn't mean that we can't call out right from wrong. Jesus says John uh, in John 7, 24, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And so, of course, we can discern between right and wrong. We can say what sin is. We can say what is not sin. We can say what holiness and unholiness is. We can say that someone is wrong or someone is right. But judging people for the speck in their eye, while we have a log in our own eye, trying to condemn people speaking from a place of hypocrisy and trying to condemn who they are and cancel them is absolutely something that is forbidden. It means that we need to look in ourselves and humble ourselves because there is always a reason for us to be called to repentance before we go out with our pitchforks and our uh, and our torches and trying to burn people at the stake for mistakes that might even be less than mistakes that we have made in our own lives. Um, and so I think that's an important and humbling reminder to all of us. Disagree all you want to. I disagree all the time with people publicly and privately. I don't think that's cancellation at all. I don't think that's judgment at all. Um, but I do think the condemnation and cancellation of self-righteous, woke social justice warriors um, and trying to ruin people's lives based on either mistakes that they made or wrong opinions that they hold. What hubris, what incredible hubris, what better sign that we are govern, governed by people who all believe themselves to be their own gods and do not submit to God of scripture. Christians must stand out in that way. All right, that's all I've got for you today. I will be back here tomorrow.